We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 433 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. A new month has arrived, and it is NFL Trade Deadline Day 2022. Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern is the NFL Trade Deadline. Uh, We already have seen a number of trades in the NFL in recent days, including a big one on Monday. The Baltimore Ravens reportedly agreeing on a trade for Chicago Bears linebacker Roquan Smith. Are the Commanders going to make any trades on Tuesday? There has been some stuff out there on the Commanders, particularly from this guy Jordan Schultz, who is an NFL insider for The Score. Uh, He on Monday evening tweeted the following, quote, Commander's defensive tackle Deron Payne has been a hot name among trade rumors, but sources tell the score that Washington does not want to deal him. The 2018 first-round pick out of Alabama has enjoyed a productive 2022 season thus far, totaling a team-high four-and-a-half sacks already, end quote. Uh, Schultz this past Friday morning tweeted, quote, Teams are calling the commanders about trading for running back Antonio Gibson. Sources tell the score Antonio Gibson would command a nice return in a potential trade. I'm told the commanders would prefer to keep him, nor are they shopping him, just listening right now. End quote. Well, especially given the conservative nature of the commanders under head coach Ron Rivera, I would be very surprised if they traded Deron Payne or Antonio Gibson on this NFL trade deadline day. I'm not expecting much from our commanders in terms of trades. The name to watch, of course, is William Jackson III. Is it at all possible that the team can trade him. The commanders want to trade him, make no mistake, but how many NFL teams are banging down the door for a corner who has underperformed over the last two seasons now is in year two of a three-year big money contract and is dealing with a back injury. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Did you have a nice Halloween? I had a wonderful Halloween taking the five-year-old son and two-year-old daughter trick-or-treating in the pouring rain. I mean, it doesn't get better than that as legendary former Buffalo Bills head coach and oh, by the way, former Redskins special teams coach Marv Levy 
famously said, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? <laughs> well, regardless of what the commanders do on this NFL trade deadline day 2022, they have won three consecutive games, including, of course, the 17-16 win at the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. The commanders, the manders, the mandos, call them what you want. They have gone from one and four to four and four, uh, thanks to this three-game winning streak. But what exactly does this streak mean? Uh, Nobody has been overwhelmed by the three straight wins, even though they are, yes, three straight wins. Next segment, I'm going to get into what exactly we're looking at with the commanders, especially of comments from Ron Rivera at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon. I also have a lot for you on quarterback Taylor Heineke off some stuff that Ron said on Monday afternoon. Is 2022 Taylor better than 2021 Taylor? And just how significant is Taylor's ability to avoid sacks. I mean, is that the biggest difference for the offense right now as compared to what we had with Carson Wentz at quarterback? I also have something that I do believe the commanders should be doing with Taylor right now. Uh, And I'll talk commander's defense as Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon clarified that frustration from his postgame press conference on Sunday evening regarding commander's players doing their own things at times in the win at the Colts. Uh, Rod was not thrilled during that postgame presser. You'll get a better understanding as to why, and you'll get an update on edge defender Chase Young from Ron. Is this week finally the week in which Chase will come off the reserve physically unable to perform list? Also on the show, the Capitals and the Wizards. Uh, each team played on Monday night. Each team lost on Monday night for the Caps, a 3-2 shootout loss at the Carolina Hurricanes. For the Wiz, a 118-111 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers at Capital One Arena. I've got plenty for you on both the Caps and the Wiz, including a second consecutive, very disappointing game for Bradley Beal. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Jack L on Taylor Heineke in the win at the Colts. Writes Jack, was the final winning drive Heineke being Heineke and just about the entire game beforehand being Heineke adhering to the scheme? (laughs) Your thoughts are most appreciated. Great podcast. They are a daily fixture of mine. Thank you for that, Jack. Much appreciated. Uh, The short answer to your email is yes. Uh, So the commanders in their win at the Colts scored 17 points, right? Seven points came over the first three quarters. Ten points came in just the fourth quarter. It's no coincidence that the commanders threw the ball a ton in the fourth quarter and ended up having by far their best quarter of the game. The commander's passing offense was working. Their rushing offense was not working. The commanders in the fourth quarter abandoned the run because they had to. And that was for their betterment. Uh, The running game on Sunday was not good. The passing game on Sunday, while far from perfect, was quite effective. Taylor Heineke for the game averaged nine yards per pass attempt and completed 74.19% of his pass attempts. That's an effective passing game, even when factoring in 
his fourth quarter interception. The commanders on Sunday were too committed to the run, and that's odd because the Colts have a good run defense. It's not like you looked at this matchup and said to yourself, boy, the Colts are rather exploitable in terms of run defense. You did look at the Green Bay Packers the previous Sunday and think that. The Packers through week six were dead last in the NFL for football outsiders DVOA metric and run defense for the 2022 regular season. Well, the Colts through week seven were number eight in the NFL uh, per DVOA in run defense for the 2022 regular season. Uh, Along these lines, I have received a lot of feedback on Commander's Offensive Coordinator Scott Turner off what we saw in the win at the Colts. Email from Darrell. Hope this finds you well. I'm from Northwest DC, went to high school, go Gonzaga, and lived my life in that beautiful city before living and working in New York City, now post-college. Thank you for your fantastic podcast and for keeping folks like me up to date and invested in everything DC sports related. Well, thank you for that, Darrell. Continues, Darrell. I know you've shared the same sentiment on several occasions, but I wanted to bring it back up again It's like beating a dead horse, but why does Scott Turner not utilize our playmakers in more impactful ways? Putting Taylor Heineke in situations in which he can be more mobile, getting the ball to our best receiver and allowing him to create and make plays. I think that the fourth down call with Brian Robinson Jr. was so predictable, everybody and their mother saw that coming. We're just way too conservative when there's no reason that we should be. I get that we want to establish the run and that Tay-Tay <laughs> doesn't have the biggest arm to get the ball downfield, but that's where your offensive coordinator should have the wherewithal to adjust and put the offense in better spots. Keep up the great work, and I will be emailing again soon. Well, thank you for that, Darrell. Uh, and we can combine that email with this email from Will in Bowie, Maryland. Uh, Writes Will, I'm writing about that horrible play call in the third quarter on fourth and one. Not only did the play call lack imagination, the team lacked any urgency leading up to the play being a run. Why do we only run between the guards and never outside toward the tackles and boundaries? How about not starting the running back 10 yards away from the ball when only one yard is needed? Scott Turner's return should really be debated, not to mention the personnel decisions that went into the construction of this offensive line. Thanks for bringing it strong to the podcast microphone every day. Thank you for the email, Will. Uh, So yeah, as I said on Monday's show, episode 432, uh, in love, I was not with Scott Turner's play calling on Sunday, and few plays were more maddening than that fourth and one fail. Uh, Commander's sixth offensive drive was the opening drive of the second half, resulted in a third quarter turnover on downs. The sixth snap of the drive, fourth and one for the Commanders at the Colts 49, running back Brian Robinson Jr., a minus one yard pistol handoff run, on which the blocking was abysmal. Uh, I am a big believer in spreading defenses out in short-yarded situations and goal-to-go situations. Even if you are going to run the ball, spread the defense out. This mano-a-mano, let's run power, let's bunch everyone in tight approach sounds great, but it doesn't consistently work if you don't have the right personnel. And we've seen enough of this offensive line this season to know that it does not constitute the right personnel for that. Now, I actually was okay with the run being out of the pistol. I know that not everyone loves that, but the NFL now is a league of shotgun and pistol. There are hundreds of examples of successful short yardage runs out of shotgun and pistol. Uh, But yeah, that play certainly did not work. 
Uh, and as far as Scott Turner's future, well, remember, he this past offseason <laughs> got a contract extension. Uh, we in March had multiple reports that the commanders were signing Scott Turner to a multi-year contract extension, making it so that he and Ron Rivera are under contract through the 2024 season. Uh, it's interesting to me that the commanders this Sunday afternoon at one at FedEx Field are facing the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, their head coach, of course, is former Redskins offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, who I wanted Ron Rivera to retain as offensive coordinator. As you may recall, the initial feeling when Ron became Skins head coach in January 2020 was that he was going to retain Kevin as offensive coordinator, but that did not happen. Uh, now, I've talked to people about this. This actually was as much, if not more so, Kevin's decision than it was Ron's decision. But you do wonder if there might have been a way for Ron to get Kevin to stay. Uh, that did not happen. You also do wonder if the guy who Ron wanted all along as his offensive coordinator was Scott Turner, given their ties uh, back to working together with the Carolina Panthers. But I'm a big fan of Kevin O'Connell. I'm a big fan of KOC. I never wanted him to leave. Uh, I don't think that Scott Turner is like some dolt of an offensive coordinator, but like a lot of you, I am frustrated with the fact that the offense for a third time in three seasons with him as offensive coordinator isn't good. And at some point, the excuses run out. Like there were legitimate excuses for the offense not being good the previous two seasons. At some point, though, you got to stop with the excuses and you need to produce. And Scott's offenses have not produced with any kind of consistency. Well, someone who does produce is real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Uh, buying a home right now can be tricky if you don't have a good real estate agent. But the thing is, now actually is a good time to buy a home. Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory and that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will come back down. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit closeitwithkell.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at closeitwithkell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit closeitwithkell.com and tell Kell 
that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the Commanders now have quite the profile in the 2022 NFL regular season. On the one hand, the Commanders have won three consecutive games, are 4-4, four and four, and are tied with the San Francisco 49ers for the NFC's third and final wildcard spot, although the Niners do have the tiebreaker, uh, which is winning percentage in conference games. The Commanders, by the way, are at the Niners on Christmas Eve afternoon at 4.05. But on the other hand, the Commanders, even with their three consecutive wins, even with the 4-4 four and four record, even with being tied with the Niners for seventh in the NFC, have a point differential of minus 30. That is the third worst point differential in the NFC. Uh, the Commanders' four wins in the 2022 regular season have come over the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and Indianapolis Colts. All four of those teams have losing records. Even the most optimistic glass half full Commanders fan understands that uh, this is a flawed team, but this also is a team that very much is in playoff contention. The Commanders are in playoff contention whether you want them to be or not. Are the Commanders a team that is on the rise, a team that is getting better, or are the Commanders a team with a record that is a lot better than the actual quality of the team, with a record that is a house of cards that's about to come tumbling down. Well, the Commanders' next two games should be telling. Home to the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings this Sunday afternoon at 1, then at the 7-0 Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football on November 14th. Uh, We on Monday afternoon had the day after the game Zoom press conference of Commanders head coach Ron Rivera off the 17-16 win at the Colts on Sunday. Here was Ron on the Commanders over their next two games facing the Vikings and Eagles. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and we'll have to match those guys, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we're going to find out, you know, is, is can, we, can we match a team like that? Can we, you know, can we stand toe-to-toe? That, that, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um, you know, they're a very good football team, and they're kind of under the radar, which is crazy to me because they're 6-1. and one. Um, you know, and, and their one loss being to Philly. I mean, that, that should tell you a little bit about who they, who they are. Um, but I, I do like our guys. I do like how resilient they are. I like, you know, the way they, they scrap and fight. I mean, you know, our, our, our defense has bowed its neck when it's had to. And last couple of weeks offensively, we've done the things that we've needed to to give ourselves that chance to win. Yeah, the possibility of the Commanders getting smashed uh, by both the Vikings and the Eagles very much exists. You look at the Commanders in the 2022 regular season, the four wins have come by a total of just 14 points. The four losses have come by a total of 44 points. The team's next two games are going to tell the tale of whether the 2022 Commanders are getting better or are just getting lucky. Now, regarding the close nature of the Commanders' four wins in the 2022 regular season, the Commanders in this regular season are 4-1 in one-score games. One-score game records are always interesting to look at. An NFL team in a season doing really well in one-score games is usually due in large part to luck, as opposed to the team like being adept at winning close games, although it's not impossible for a team to be good at things that lend themselves to doing well in close games. This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the commander's success this season in one-score games. Well, I think right now, if, if you can continue to, 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 to you know, 
run the ball and try to run the ball, you know, the game plays to, to your tempo. And, and that's what we've been able to do the last few weeks is, is play to our tempo um, and then get ourselves in position to make plays uh, when we need them to be made. And, 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 and having guys like Terry who step up and Curtis, you know, step up and, and then the backs, you know, doing their thing, the tight end. I mean, when guys make plays in critical situations and not just one guy, but a whole group of them, that gives you an opportunity to, 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 to win the game because you, 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 you've kept it close, you, you put yourself in position, and, and then you, you go ahead and make the plays. Yeah, and look, I don't expect Ron Rivera to come out and say, yeah, I have no idea how we're doing this because we're just not very good, okay? He's not going to say that. But the things that he just talked about there, the running game and the knack for making big plays when big plays need to be made, well, A, the commander's running game this season overall has not been good. Uh, the running game certainly was not good in the win at the Colts on Sunday. And B, while it is true that the commanders have playmakers, a formula for success isn't keeping the game close and then somehow having your playmakers make plays toward the end of the game. Like, it's great if that's how things work out, but you can't, like, count on that, you know? You can't rely on that. That's not a formula for winning. The formula for winning in today's NFL is great offense. The commanders do not have a great offense, and so they're having to find other ways to win. And to the commander's credit, they lately have been finding other ways to win. But the worry is that now that the team is about to face two of the best teams in the NFC and the Vikings and Eagles, the commanders are going to get exposed. But I tell you what, if the commanders win at least one of these two games and come out of this stretch at 5-5, five and five, with the team's next two games at that point being at the Houston Texans and home to the Atlanta Falcons. Two very beatable teams, right? Well, then the conversation does start to get quite interesting. As for the commander's offense, uh, let's get to that right now. Well, one of the things that I uh, said this past Commander's offseason regarding quarterback Taylor Heineke was that I did not believe that we had heard the last from him as a Commander's quarterback. I did not believe that his story with this team was over. I did not believe that he was done playing for the team, despite it having traded for quarterback Carson Wentz this past March. I can't tell you exactly why I thought that, but it just felt to me that there was going to be more to the Taylor Heineke story with Washington. And sure enough, there is more. Uh, maybe a lot more. Who knows? Uh, Carson, of course, is on the reserve injured list. He's been on that since October 22nd due to the fractured finger on his right hand. He suffered that in the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football on October 13th. Underwent surgery on the finger on October 17th. He will miss at least two more games and quite possibly is going to end up missing many more games. Uh, meantime, Taylor Heineke is 2-0 and as a commander starting quarterback in this 2022 regular season off the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field in Week 7, and now the 17-16 win at the Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday afternoon. As I said on Monday's show, episode 432, I am the first person to say that judging a quarterback by his one-loss record is extremely flawed, but Taylor, Tay-Tay, uh, now has a regular season record as a Washington quarterback of nine and eight. Hard to ignore that, right? Seven and eight in the 2021 regular season, two and oh in the 2022 regular season, uh, despite the intent never having been 
for him to be the QB1, despite him having constantly quarterbacked Washington offenses, missing key players due to injury and last season COVID. Taylor Heineke has a regular season record as a Washington quarterback of nine and eight. Not bad, all things considered. Uh, The sample size of Taylor this season still is too small in order to draw major conclusions about 2022 Taylor versus 2021 Taylor, but that doesn't mean that we can't wonder if, in fact, we are seeing an improved Taylor Heineke, and it may well be that we are. Uh, This was Commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon on Taylor Heineke. I, I think there has been some improvement. I think there has been some growth. And I think a lot of it, you know, you're starting to see it and, and you see some of his a little bit more patience uh, on his part. You see him, um, I think, finishing up and with his progressions the way he need to. Uh, but I think some of his timing elements have, have gotten better compared to, to last year. And, you know, again, we saw the difference in timing in the first half last week against Green Bay to how he finished the game. Uh, in, 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 in the second half. Well, this week it was a little bit similar. You saw a couple things that, you know, he was off just a touch. Early on, he had a couple throws. One was, one was uh, a couple were behind. One was low that you'd like to get him to throw it up around the guy's, you know, outside shoulder so he catches and you can turn and, and, and progress up the field. Um, but then you see him as the game progresses and he's more and more comfortable. You know, he's getting the ball out. He's getting the ball where he needs to throw it uh, to whichever side, to leverage sides. And, and, and so you see that as far as he's concerned. It still is funny to me <laughs> how much anti-Taylor Heineke sentiment is out there from some people. I see it on Twitter constantly. And look, maybe that's shame on me for putting stock in Twitter. But man, there are a lot of Commanders fans or at least supposed Commanders fans who think that Taylor is just like a trash quarterback. (laughs) And it feels like these people don't want to give him any credit for the good things that he does. And these people refuse to allow themselves to experience like any joy from the good things that he does. These are the same people who said that Taylor had no chance in that wild card round playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field in January 2021. These are the same people who have constantly moved the goalposts on what Taylor can and can't be as an NFL quarterback. Uh, We on this podcast have a name for these people. Uh, They are the Taylor Heineke haters, the Tay-Tay haters, the Taters, and they are very unhappy right now. And look, I do get the sentiment that these three consecutive wins for the Commanders may end up doing the team more harm than good. I totally understand that. Heck, I myself have that fear. The middle is a road to nowhere. The fear with these three consecutive wins is that they are wins on a road to nowhere. They are wins that aren't going to lead to the Commanders making the playoffs, but are going to lead to the Commanders draft capital in the perceived to be quarterback rich 2023 NFL draft being lessened. But what's also possible is that we are in the midst of the commanders getting better and finally being that team on the rise that we so want them to be. Like I talked about last segment, these next two games are going to be telling because these are games against two very good teams, home to the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings this Sunday afternoon at 1, then at the 7-0 and oh Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football on November 14th. But specific to Taylor Heineke, I tweeted this on Monday afternoon, and I'm going to say it right now, and it may upset the taters, but oh well. Uh, (laughs) Taylor Heineke 
is set to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. The commanders should be talking contract extension with him now. Yes, now, as in right now. A very good QB2 who is capable of doing well as a starter, doesn't cost a lot of money, and is well-regarded by teammates is extremely valuable. This is what Taylor Heineke is. No reasonable person is viewing him as a potential franchise quarterback for the Commanders. Uh, Not yet, anyway. (laughs) But no, not after what we saw as last season went on, not given that this season already is his age 29 season. So his athletic skills aren't going to be getting any better. But Taylor Heineke is cementing himself as what I think a lot of us already thought that he was, a top 10, maybe even top 5, QB2, who can do quite well as a starter over a finite period of time, who doesn't command big money, and who is very popular among his teammates, i.e. he gets along with people. Heck, he even seems to inspire people, but he's good for your quarterback room, even if he's not being positioned to be the QB1. The commanders should be talking contract extension with Taylor Heineke right now. Maybe they are. Hopefully they are. And if you're worried about what this might mean for Sam Howell, don't worry. An NFL team needs three viable quarterbacks on its 53-man roster, not two. Uh, Washington has learned this the hard way, right? Having started at least three different quarterbacks in each of the last four regular seasons entering this season, 2018 through 2021. But right now, if you told me that the commander's three-man quarterback mix for 2023 is Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, and someone who the commanders take in the 2023 NFL draft, I'd be on board with that. And yes, I am assuming that Carson Wentz gets cut this offseason, but who knows? I mean, think about all that has happened already this commander season. Who the heck knows what awaits us the rest of the season? Now, a big issue for Carson during his time as the commander's starting quarterback this regular season has been taking sacks. Uh, Carson's sack percentage over six games in the 2022 regular season is nine. Uh, Sack percentage is sacks divided by the sum of sacks and pass attempts. Uh, Taylor Heineke's sack percentage over two games in the 2022 regular season is just four and a half. Half of Carson's sack percentage of nine. Now, small sample size for Taylor, yes, but his mobility certainly seems to be proving to be key as the parade of sacks has slowed down. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the play of the commander's offensive line with Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. Well, I, I think the thing that you know they they've done the last couple of weeks with Taylor in there obviously has been able to to understand that you know you have to continue to block, you have to continue to work on your guy because with Taylor he can keep the plays alive because of his tremendous mobility more anything that he's got this knack to be able to duck under and stuff like that, um, where a taller quarterback struggles a little bit with that. Um, I think what we've really tried to do too in trying to run the ball. Um, I think it's really played well into how our offensive line plays. They're, they're a physical bunch, um, and I think that helps them as well. Um, you know, we played against, I think, really one of the really good defensive lines in this league against the Colts, as far as that's concerned. They're, they had a couple of, of, of front line guys that were pretty doggone good, and their backups are pretty good as well. 
So we with the commander's offensive line in the win at the Colts, uh, did see the return of Trey Turner as the commander's starting right guard. Sadiq Charles, off having dealt with an illness in the days leading up to the game, was active, but he did not play on any of the commander's offensive snaps. He did play on special teams. Uh, Sadiq had been the commander's starting right guard for each of the previous three games. And so Trey Turner was the commander's starting right guard for the first time since getting benched uh, in the first half of the loss at the Dallas Cowboys in week four. Uh, He got benched because of his play, which had been horrendous. But how about this? Trey Turner for the win at the Colts, the third highest graded commander's offensive player for pro football focus. Uh, So good job, Trey. Uh, The highest graded commander's offensive player for PFF for the game was receiver Terry McLaurin. No surprise, six receptions for 113 yards on eight targets. Uh, He did have an official carry from minus seven yards on a lateral play that went awry. Uh, He played on 95% of the commander's offensive snaps. Of course, he had maybe the play of the commander's season, the fourth quarter, 33-yard reception on the outstanding contested catch and jumping over corner Stephon Gilmore and then wrestling the ball away from him to give the commanders a first and goal at the one. Uh, Terry for the game registered an overall grade of 82.9. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. And then the second highest graded commander's offensive player for pro football focus for the game was running back Antonio Gibson. Uh, He had seven carries for 19 yards, had seven receptions for 58 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets in playing on 36% of the commander's offensive snaps. Gibson for the game registered an overall grade of 82.2. He also was the commander's primary kickoff returner again. He over two kickoff returns, averaged 20.5 yards per return. Uh, Antonio Gibson has looked quite good over these last three games now. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on Antonio Gibson doing well in this new role of being utilized more in space. Yes, he is. It, It is giving him an opportunity to be even more dynamic. Because again, not only is there a threat that he can, he's going to run the ball, but there's a threat that if he gets out in the space and catches the ball, he, he can immediately impact the offense because he's already downfield or he's out in, out in space where he can make people miss. Um, and that could be even more effective for our offense. Yes, it can be. Consider this, for all of the talk about Brian Robinson Jr. this past preseason having supplanted Antonio Gibson as the commander's number one running back, Gibson on Sunday played more than Robinson did. Uh, Gibson played on 36% of the commander's offensive snaps. Robinson played on 25% of the commander's offensive snaps. Robinson had eight carries for 20 yards. He was not targeted in the passing game. Uh, He in the second quarter did have back-to-back carries that totaled 14 yards. Each carry went for 70 yards, but his other six carries in the game totaled just six yards. Well, Rod Rivera has options in terms of running backs. Uh, You, of course, have options in terms of law firms, should you ever need legal representation. But know this, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If Paulson and Nace was a Washington running back option, it would be John Riggins in 1983, or Stephen Davis in 1999, or Clinton Portis in 2005, or Alfred Morris in 2012. Take your pick. Uh, Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611, and when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace 
that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Heck, this past July, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly one million. Uh, This to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Uh, You may have read about this. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government and won. Uh, If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment called 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. More now on the commanders off the day after the game Zoom press conference of commanders head coach Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon off the 17-16 win at the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Uh, Let's talk commanders defense. The most notable aspect of Ron's postgame press conference on Sunday evening was that he was displeased with some things. Uh, This was some of Ron during that postgame presser on Sunday evening. You have to do what you should do, what you're supposed to do, what you're being coached to do, what the defense asks, what the offense asks, what's supposed to do. You've got to do your job. We put ourselves a couple times, and, and th- this is what really disappoints me, is because we put ourselves in a bad spot a few times. And, and that's what I told the guys, that when we, you know, when we see it, when we see it on tape, you know, we'll, we'll make sure everybody understands. All right, and here was some Ron Rivera during his postgame presser on Sunday evening on the commander's defense. Um, do our jobs. There's a couple things that really are disappointing. You know, we had an opportunity on a couple of those third downs to shut them down, and we had a couple of guys do their own things, and that's crap. We're not going to have that. We're going to get that corrected. Yeah, so some strong words from Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday evening. I tell you, Ron is not shy about getting angry during postgame press conferences after wins. Remember, he walked off the postgame press conference for the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football at Week 6, and he lit up his team uh, during the postgame press conference this past Sunday evening. Uh, The commander's defense in the win at the Colts did leave a lot to be desired. Uh, Now, the commanders did hold the Colts to just 16 points thanks to generating two big takeaways and thanks to holding the Colts to just one of three in the red zone, but the commanders in the game also got worked by the Colts starting quarterback, Sam Ellinger, uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, here's a guy who was a 2021 sixth-round pick out of Texas, was making his first career NFL regular season start, had never thrown a regular season pass in the NFL, and yet he, in this game, had a yards-per-pass attempt of 8.74, had a completion percentage of 73.91, and quarterback to Colts offense that went 5-12 on third downs. Uh, Also, the commanders got run on. Uh, They allowed Colts running backs Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Deion Jackson and receiver Paris Campbell to combine for 23 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon expounded 
on his frustration with Commander's players on Sunday occasionally doing their own things. I, I just think, though, at this point, you know, midway point of the season, um, you would like to think that 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 we're going to do, you know, we're going to do what we're what we're asked. We're going to do what we're coached. We're going to do what we should do because that's what our job requires. I mean, that that's that's my whole point, you know, because a couple of those things that when guys did their own thing, they hurt us, and 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 that's that's what you got to be aware of. If if you got ten guys doing their job, one guy not that one guy, they're going to find. And, and you can't have that because that hurts. Now, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon did not get specific regarding who and what he was talking about in terms of guys occasionally doing their own things. But, you know, this is not the first time that we have heard Ron talk like this. As you likely remember, a major theme of last season was Ron talking about defensive players, specifically defensive alignment, specifically edge defenders Chase Young and Montez Sweat not always adhering to the defensive scheme. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was asked whether Commander's players occasionally doing their own things was unique to the win at the Colts or is something that has been going on throughout this season. It, it, it's a little here, a little there. Um, and you can live with some of it. But when it comes up and it crops up at a critical situation, you know, that, 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 that can't happen. And we've talked about it, we've talked about it, we've talked about it. Um, we got fortunate winning the game because if, if if we had lost this game, I mean, you could point directly to those instances on offense, defense, special teams, guys not doing their jobs the way they're supposed to. I mean, and 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 that's something that I want to make a point of. I, I don't want this to continue, you know, because you get a little bit of it, you know, last week, a little bit of the week before, a little bit of the week before that. You know, and you try to get it corrected and you, you stress how important understanding the details of why you're doing your job the way you got to do it. And you want to make sure everybody understands, you know, because you can't have that one guy because trust me, they'll find him in this league. They'll find that one spot and make something of him. All right. So again, nothing specific from Ron Rivera. He was vague, but he also was clear and good for him for hitting on this. You know, guys going rogue, especially at this point in the season, should not be happening And I tell you, it does make you question why the coaches can't get to the players and can't get them to do as they are supposed to do. Uh, Here was some more clarification from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on this phenomenon of commanders players occasionally doing their own things. It's not just defensive. And and as I've said, you, you look at all three phases and you see somewhere along the line that somebody hasn't done, you know, their job. And, 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 and the, the truth is, you know, whether it's not understanding what we're doing or, or not wanting to do what we want them to do or need them to do at that particular moment, I just want to make sure it's stressed that it's important that we understand why we do things and we have to make sure we do these things because it gives us the best chance to be successful. Well, I mentioned Chase Young. You certainly can't blame him this season as being part of the issue of not everyone adhering to the defensive scheme. Is this week finally the week? Is this week finally the week in which Chase Young's 21-day practice window is activated? Uh, The expectation had been that Chase's 21-day practice window finally would be started last Wednesday, but that did not happen due to the commanders wanting to be extra cautious, uh, Chase is on what is called the reserve physically unable to perform list, aka the pup list, as he recovers 
from the torn right ACL that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. The Commanders put Chase on the pup list on August 23rd. Him being on this pup list, this reserve physically unable to perform list, meant that he had to miss the Commanders' first four regular season games. Well, we are now eight games into the Commanders' 2022 regular season. He has been eligible to come off the pup list since week five. We are now in week nine. Uh, the way that coming off the pup list works is the team starts a 21-day practice window within which a determination is made on whether the player will be moved from the pup list to the active roster. So again, is this week finally the week in which Chase Young's 21-day practice window is activated? Uh, Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on if this week finally is the week. Yes. Now, uh, all intents and purposes... Um, we're going to start on Wednesday with him. We'll start his clock. That's, um, you know, he had, a, he had a final good visit with Doc. He was very, very pleased. Um, Chase has been working out with the strength conditioning group the last few days, and um, he'll continue right into Wednesday where he'll start with positional drills. Um, and by doing so, he'll get an opportunity to be involved in all of the walkthroughs and installation periods that we have. Um, and then we'll move him to the side once we get through the positional drills. Uh, he'll work on the side, and then we'll see how he is after the day, and then going into the next day, and that'll dictate what our next step is in terms of um, where where he goes from there. All right, so hallelujah, the Chase Young clock will begin this Wednesday, and who knows, maybe we will see Chase play in the Commander's next game, this game against the Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Hey, what if, what if? Chase Young plays this Sunday and sacks <laughs> Vikings quarterback and former Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins. Would you like that? Hey, Kirk, would you like that? You like that? You like that? Yes, you like that. No, Kirk, I would like that. I'm not so sure that you would like that. Uh, but given how slow and deliberate this Chase Young recovery has been, uh, I would not be counting on him playing this Sunday afternoon, but we shall see. I am excited to see him finally play in a game this season, whenever that happens, assuming that that happens. Uh, while we're talking commander's defensive line, interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen was the highest graded commander's player per pro football focus for the win at the Colts. Uh, John registered an overall grade of 90.1. Uh, that is outstanding. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Boy, John Allen and fellow interior defensive lineman Deron Payne, each guy is having such a good season. Each guy, too, is playing a lot. Uh, Deron, in the win at the Colts, played on 91% of the commander's defensive snaps. That is a sky-high playing time percentage for an interior defensive lineman. Uh, John Allen, in the win at the Colts, played on 79% of the commander's defensive snaps and also playing a lot in the game was interior defensive lineman John Ridgway. Uh, he played on 43% of the commander's defensive snaps. I tell you, this guy John Ridgway has been a sneaky bright spot for the commanders. They on September 19th claimed him off waivers from the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys took Ridgway in the fifth round of the 2022 NFL draft out of Arkansas. And as you may recall, commander's head coach Ron Rivera during his day after the game Zoom press conference on October 14th, the day after the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football in Week 6, very complimentary of John Ridgway. 
Up next, I'm talking Capitals, who right now are reeling with injury, and on Monday night, they made things even worse on themselves. I'll explain after this. Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are major issues. Uh, A great way to ensure internet security and privacy is with a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a tool that encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP address and virtual location. A VPN significantly boosts your online privacy and security. And there's no VPN that's better than NordVPN. Uh, The setup is easy. The benefits are many. You can secure your online data from internet thieves and third parties. You won't need to worry about unsecure websites or unsecure apps anymore. You won't need to worry about being on public Wi-Fi anymore. All of your internet traffic will be routed through a remote server so you can access websites that are restricted in your country. Uh, So you can have access to sports from all over the world and can have access to, say, not just the U.S. version of Netflix, but also the United Kingdom's version of Netflix. Uh, Also, NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. And NordVPN allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. So here's what you do. Go to nordvpn.com slash algaldi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and get a free month. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. nordvpn.com slash algaldi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, 
Well, a stretch of four consecutive road games for the Capitals ended on Monday night and ended with their first non-regulation game of the 2022-2023 NHL regular season, but did end with a loss. So the Caps fell to 5-4-1 with a 3-2 shootout loss at the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, it's hard to assess the Caps right now Given all of their injuries, the Caps on Monday night were without six key players due to injury. Defenseman John Carlson and five forwards, TJ Oshie, Connor Brown, Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Carl Hagelin. Uh, Carlson did not play due to a lower body injury that he suffered in the 3-0 win at the Nashville Predators on Saturday night. He was considered day-to-day, but Oshie did not play due to a lower body injury that he suffered in that win at the Predators on Saturday night. And we on Monday morning learned that Oshie is out indefinitely. Uh, Really bad news there. I tell you, TJ Oshie, you love him, but he just cannot stay healthy anymore. Uh, Also, Connor Brown remains out due to a lower body injury that he suffered in a 6-4 win over the Vancouver Canucks at Capital Win Arena on October 17th. And Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Carl Hagelin, all three of those guys have yet to play in this regular season. So right now, the Caps are missing a lot of key guys. You know, just the fact that they're like fielding a team uh, is an accomplishment in and of itself. But, you know, if you are the Caps at this point, you got to do things or at least try to do things that make things easier on yourselves. And that did not happen in this game on Monday night. The Caps committed an astounding eight minor penalties. Now, this was a penalty-filled game. The Hurricanes committed six minor penalties, but how about that? Eight minors for the Caps on Monday night, and some of these minors were especially costly when you consider what was happening in the game. The Caps had two minor penalties very deep into the game. Ford Marcus Johansson committed a two-minute tripping minor, 18.05 into the third period. Center Lars Eller committed a two-minute tripping minor, 209 into overtime. You don't see that often. An NHL team committing a penalty super deep into regulation of a game that goes into overtime. And then that team committing another penalty in the overtime. Uh, The Caps ended up being on the penalty kill quite a bit, went five of six on the penalty kill. Also, the Caps got worked in the puck possession battle. The Caps per natural stat trick had just 24 five-on-five shot attempts to the Hurricanes 38. The Caps finished the game with just 20 shots on goal to the Hurricanes 35. But this did end up being a game in which the Caps got a point, and a big reason for that was goaltender Darcy Kemper. Uh, He was very good for a second consecutive game. He stopped 33 of the 35 shots on goal that he faced. Kemper, for natural stat trick, stopped 12 of the 14 high-danger shots on goal that he faced. Also stopped all 19 of the low-danger shots on goal that he faced. Did commit a penalty, because just about every Caps player on Monday night committed a penalty. Darcy Kemper, a third-period interference minor. But this was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his post-game session with reporters on Monday night on Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I thought he was good. You know, at the end of the day, I think the chances were one nothing for us, even strength. They had power, they had the power play chances. I think they got five five shots and four chances on the power play that they had, scored a goal. And so, but Darcy was, he was big, I thought, the entire night. He played a spectacular game. 
I mean, they're, they're, they fire at a, they're a shot heavy team, and so they fire from all over. But with that comes deflections and just a lot of work and a lot of focus for a goaltender because there's a lot of rubber coming at the net. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean they're scoring chances, but you got to stay focused. And so I thought he did an unbelievable job from start to finish, just staying in that game and battling through it and um, really, you know. Gave us, gave us a chance to win a hockey game. And like I said, I don't like the way the end, the end of the game just unfolded. And yeah. We didn't get a chance to win it, you know. Yeah. And then it got to the shootout, and they, they were better than us in the shootout. Yes, they were. Uh, the Caps went 1-4 of four on the power play. The power play goal did come from the grade 8. Uh, forward Alex Ovechkin had a second-period power play goal. And he finished tied for number one on the Caps in 5-on-5 five five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 66.67. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in 5-on-5 five five situations in the game, 12 shot attempts versus allowing six shot attempts. But Ovi also committed a second-period slashing minor. Uh, but with the goal for Ovechkin, so that was his 399th career NHL regular season goal in a road game. Uh, moving him to within three of tying the great one, Wayne Gretzky, for the most NHL regular season goals in road games in league history. So we have yet another milestone now to be monitoring with Alex Ovechkin, most NHL regular season goals in road games in league history. Uh, Next up for the Caps is a game on Tuesday night. So, you know, they are banged up, but they are playing a lot right now. Uh, The Caps are home to the Vegas Golden Knights Tuesday night at 7. So the Capitals lost on Monday night, and so did the Wizards. Uh, they lost a third consecutive game. The Wizards fell to 3-4 and four with a 118-111 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers at Capital One Arena. As the Wizards were bad defensively for a third straight game since losing one of their best defensive players, DeLon Wright, uh, to injury. Boy, it seems overly simplistic to say that the Wizards off a good defensive start to the 2022-2023 regular season now are struggling defensively simply because DeLon Wright is out, but the decline coincides precisely with him getting injured. Uh, he's out due to a grade two right hamstring strain that he suffered in the 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena on October 25th. Also still out for the Wizards is Corey Kispert. He has yet to play this regular season due to a sprained left ankle. Uh, but yeah, the Wizards right now aren't stopping anybody. Uh, Friday night, a 127-117 loss to the Indiana Pacers at Capital One Arena. Sunday evening, a 112-94 loss at the Boston Celtics. And now on Monday night, this 118-111 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers at Capital One Arena. The Wizards allow the 76ers to score the 118 points, allow the 76ers to go 12 of 30 on threes, allow the 76ers to go 34 of 53 on twos, despite the Sixers being without Joel Embiid. Uh, He did not play due to a non-COVID illness. Uh, The Sixers did have James Harden, and the Wizards got picked apart by Harden. He finished with 17 assists versus four turnovers. Uh, The game was tied at 52 at the half. The Wizards then lost the third quarter 34-21, and they in the fourth quarter trailed by as many as 18 points. Bradley Beal, he on Monday night had a second consecutive underwhelming game. 37 minutes, 51 seconds as a starter. He went just 2 of 6 on threes and just 5 of 12 on twos and committed four turnovers. He finished with 20 points, 6 assists, 
and five rebounds. But Beal, for a second straight game, was not doing much in the first half. Beal, on Monday night in the first half, scored a mere four points. And this was off what happened with Beal in that loss at the Celtics on Sunday evening. Beal got owned by the Celtics. Beal, through three quarters, had four points. Beal, over the first three quarters, 0 of 5 on threes and just 1 of 8 on twos. He has padded his final numbers for these last two games in the fourth quarters of those games. But make no mistake, Bradley Beal humbled by the Celtics and 76ers on back-to-back nights. This was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Monday night. And what has gone down with Bradley Beal over these last two games, particularly in the first halves of these games? Well, part of it is in the way defenses are keying on him. I mean, he's going to see it. It's, it's hard because if he has the ball, they, as we saw late, they're going to blitz him. They're going to trap him. If he's off the ball... You know, it's at times you're going to try and deny him, heat him up, keep him from getting it. So just finding that balance of him initiating, getting him some clean looks. The easiest way is to get stops, so now you can push and play in the open floor. So now you're not playing through a set defense. You're not playing through the teeth of uh, the defense for 24 seconds. Yeah, but the Wizards right now ain't getting stops, and Bradley Beal is a part of that. Uh, You know, Bradley Beal, Supermax contract Bradley Beal, a part of this Wizards collapse defensively over these last three games and very much limited by two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in the Celtics and the 76ers in these last two games. Back-to-back nights, two Eastern Conference powers, the Celtics and the 76ers worked the Wizards and gave Bradley Beal a very difficult time. Uh, Also, Kyle Kuzma, on Monday night struggled. He in 32 minutes, 42 seconds as a starter scored just nine points. He did have seven rebounds. Hard to beat a team like the 76ers when two of your big three do not do well, Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. The biggest bright spot for the Wizards, though, was the other member of the team's big three, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Uh, He was terrific on Monday night. Uh, Porzingis in 34 minutes, 40 seconds as a starter, three of seven on threes, seven of 10 on twos, nine of nine on free throws. He finished with 32 points, nine rebounds, including four offensive boards, three assists, versus no turnovers, two steals, and a team best plus minus rating of plus eight. So really good stuff from the zinger. Uh, And also we had this, Denny Avdia on Monday night came off the bench. Uh, First time in seven games in this regular season that Denny came off the bench as opposed to starting. He played for 16 minutes, 42 seconds, and he went scoreless. Uh, Anthony Gill started in Denny's place. Here was Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Monday night on why he moved Denny to the bench. Uh, I thought it was just the, the way AG found action for us, you know, against the switches, against uh, cross-match defenses. Um, he has a feel for just playing without the ball, moving without it. Um, and I know, he's, you know his finger's a little sore, but you know, he'll, he'll, he'll make enough shots, I think, to keep him honest. All right, so not much there from Wes Unsell Jr. on why Denny Avdia came off the bench. It was surprising to see Denny moved out of the starting lineup. He had been the Wizards' best defensive player, although he did struggle defensively in that loss at the Celtics on Sunday evening. This is going to be another very rough Wizards season if this team doesn't get its act together defensively. Next up for the Wizards is another game against the 76ers. So the Wizards are at the Sixers Wednesday evening at 6.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday's show, episode 434, will feature a special guest talking commanders, Redskins great Joe Theismann, Super Bowl 17 champion, the Associated Press MVP for the 1983 NFL regular season, and perhaps the last true franchise quarterback for the team, depending on how you define franchise quarterback. But Joe follows the commanders closely, remains a big fan of the team. And so we're going to get his thoughts on the three-game winning streak, the state of the commander's season, and of course, the quarterback situation with Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Also on Wednesday's show, I'll react to whatever the commanders do or do not do prior to the NFL trade deadline on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. And I'll talk Capitals. The Caps on Tuesday night, home to the Vegas Golden Knights at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. You like that? You like that? It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com